I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. It is such an honor to bring back Josh Kirby, the host of the Kirby on Sports podcast, available to you on all streaming platforms. Josh, what an honor to finally have you back on the show. Alex, thanks for having me, man. How are you? I am great. And, you know, it's really such something unique and special to have you on the show because the situation is you, a strong supporter of the Washington football team, me, a lover of the Dallas Cowboys, on here to talk about the schedule of our respective teams, and you and I can be, well, not too satisfied, to say the least. Well, I I mean, j- just to say the least, um, uh, I'm going to straight up say, who is in charge of making the schedules at, in the NFL, and Whoever got away with letting this happen, I i mean, I don't think I've ever seen a schedule like this before in my life. Have you? Well, as, as far as the Cowboys case, uh, well, you know, for the Cowboys case, there's nothing that seems too unusual or something that's too out of line, at least in my case. But in your case, I do see what the deal is because, and you actually tweeted about this, you confirmed that apparently there are five consecutive NFC East games and, and and it's in the month of December yeah it's insane man I mean the Washington uh, the schedule leaked um I, I mean for first and foremost um the schedule release show they're hyping this up and like it started this morning then schedule leaks just came out slowly but surely. They came out and it sort of lowered the hype, lowered the expectation of the excitement of the schedule release. But I mean, for the Washington football team, yeah, you, you look at the last five games of the season versus Dallas at Philadelphia, at Dallas on Sunday night versus Philadelphia then ending the regular season with the New York Giants at the New York Giants. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I don't understand how that is a logical schedule sense. I mean, yes, it adds competition, but I mean, in, in all reality, I feel like you can space that out and have more, the, more room for other stuff you know just don't throw all the division games at the top or the bottom of a schedule i feel like division games should be more spaced out in my opinion and i mean it's not uncommon washington had it last season they played new york then i believe dallas then new york again or philadelphia new york something like that it's not uncommon to see three in a row but five in a row? I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. You know, I don't think I've ever seen it e- either because what people you know have to keep in mind, there are six NFC's games for e- each of us. It, it's just amazing. I mean, I've never seen this. Like, you know, Dallas and Washington playing each other, both games taking place in December. 
I don't. Th- yeah, th- that has never ever happened. I mean, is it like they are sensing that it's good that the NFC East champions will be decided in December? I mean, is it really true that the NFC East is is that bad that it's going to be continue to be bad for like the next 20, 30 freaking years? I mean, let's be honest. The NFC East is quite a joke. I I feel I feel like they're anticipating it's going to come down to uh, another Sunday night matchup to determine the. NFC East division like it was last year. Hopefully it will be a little bit better than last year, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? And, you know, and I'm looking at the the schedule for my Cowboys and, well, you know, and, and I found out early this morning because it was leaked that the Cowboys would be playing Tampa in Tampa for week one, Thursday night football. I, re- I really do like that matchup. You know, for me, well, you know, it, it's exciting because, you know, Cowboys playing, you know, a huge game and, you know, going to Tampa, you know, playing the defending Super Bowl champions and going against the GOAT. But, you know, for in a perspective to where, where you're looking how horrible the Cowboys were last year, especially on defense, I mean, that defense was so horrible that I would always say, you know, this team, this defense could even stop a peewee team for God's sake. But there's a little bit, there's something different looking at the defense because there's, all those names on the defensive line. I mean, we got some secondary names. We have a new defensive coordinator. And speaking of our defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, you know, what really baffles me, what really, how should I say, it, it dumbfounds me that people are just so obsessed with the fact of what happened to him in the Super Bowl a few years ago because he was, in fact, the guy that blew the 20-3 lead. But I just stress, look, let's forget about that. I mean, who cares what happened in the past? In Dan Quinn's case, look, you know, we've seen a lot of times – Dudes who are good at being the coordinator, but they're just not meant to be a head coach. That's the situation with Dan Quinn. So I'm I'm saying, you know, why are we judging the book by the cover? Because there's a lot of fans that are immediately throwing Dan Quinn under the bus. I'm like, guys, let's just wait and see. Let's not judge the book by the cover. I mean, come on. I mean, are, is our fan base really that... <laughs> that I mean, I, I just can't, you know, I, I can't even explain it. It's, it, it's an under embarrassment. I get it. He didn't do well in Atlanta, but who cares about that? Let's worry about the future, not the past. Yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there because I feel like Dan Quinn has more of a defensive mindset when it comes to coaching, and that's going to translate well um, if he gets the right system in place in Dallas. And uh, I feel like uh, first and foremost with their addition of Micah Parsons from Penn State – that defense, you might want to watch out because Dallas obviously addressed what needed to be addressed in this year's draft, and that was the defense. They gave up the most points in the National Football League. And, I, I mean, the uh, Dallas's defense, you've seen it all year. It was terrible. I'm going to flat out say terrible. And the the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, and the front office are making moves to uh, bring that defense back to what it was. But uh, I just want to uh, take another bunny trail really quick uh, to week one, the game you mentioned, Dallas versus Tampa. I feel like this is going to be a great storyline because Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hoisting the Super Bowl banner in their home stadium where they won the Super Bowl Facing off against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, we all know what happened to Dak Prescott. Breaks his ankle, unfortunately, out for the rest of the season. If Dak Prescott comes back and makes a statement game and beats Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, 
maybe Dak's 100% healthy and they're ready to make a statement that Dallas it will be the team to beat this year. But once again, we're so far away, so many storylines ahead. But, yeah, you know, that's what's all great about the NFL schedule release and everything. It's always exciting. And, you know, the funny part is that you and I, you know, me having you on the show, it's like, you know, what the Cowboys and the Washington football team have gone through for so long, it's almost like, you know, people will teasingly say we're just consoling each other. I mean, it's probably the case, but at the same time, we're just talking about our respective teams. And, and it's to set an example that Dallas fans and Washington football f- team fans, we can get along. We are cool. I mean, we, we've both been suffering for so long, you know, but, you know, despite the rivalry, we're cool. We're cool. <laughs> but... yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I mean, the rivalry with certain friends and individuals when my fandom comes out, I um, will occasionally throw some trash talk if my team beats Dallas. But I mean, we've just not been well, you know, both teams. I mean, you saw last year, Dallas didn't do well. The whole division didn't do well. I mean, it's been going on for years and we haven't had. Any hopes of the Super Bowl in who knows how long? Exactly. And, I mean, you know, for me, you know, especially for the Cowboys, God knows how long it'll be till we're actually freaking a, a worthy contender. I mean, we can't even make it past the divisional playoffs, but but look at the schedule, you know. Um, Heck, we can't make it past the wild card for crying out loud. You, you see, exactly. That's what I say. Like, it's not about, we're, I mean, in a sense, we're consoling each other. But here we are. We're just too, you know, passionate podcasters you know just you know saying you know well you know our team's perspectively and kind of you know giving an update and you know it's really i mean this is what makes it unique you know you got a supporter from one side and then supporter the other and you know there's the object our objectivity i mean we're really doing something that that's not really uh often seen i mean that's what we got to do as podcasters you got to create things that are not seen before i mean that's what i do with my new pro wrestling podcast with chris rex but but that's a story for another time and i want to get too deep in wrestling because wrestling is Change for me. It's more important to me than it's ever been. But with the schedule, I mean, it's just so amazing. You know, it's a seventeen-game schedule, and and lo- looking at it, you know, I'm seeing you know start off the two first two games on the road because after that, ten days after week one, would they have to travel to the city of Angels, Los Angeles, California, before taking on those hated Eagles at home on Monday Night Football. And then after that, Sam Donald and the Panthers coming to town. And after that, we've got to play the Giants at home before our bye week going up to Foxborough to take on the Patriots. So it starts. So basically, what I'm getting to, like, it's it's been the same way for the last few years. The Cowboys' schedule just starts out so brutally. But I can't say it gets easier because, you know, it's never easy with the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking at the Cowboys' schedule, it looks to, to be. Um, significantly more spaced out division-wise than the Washington football team. Um, you have, um, yeah, I mean, it's still sort of clumped up, but I mean, Dallas's schedule looks more spaced out. Um, I'm looking here, New England, Dallas, New England, that might be an interesting game. They got the Falcons. Yeah, Dan Quinn and reuniting with the Falcons. That could be a storyline. Well, it's going to be di- di- difficult for the Cowboys defense to deal with Kyle Pitts. 
But, you know, what I'm uh, truly looking at is the, uh, you know, especially for Washington, the schedule, you know, you guys starting at um, at home against Los Angeles, and then, you know, after that, taking the Giants. So you guys are starting at home the first two games while Dallas has to start out on the road. But, Josh, what are your thoughts on the Washington football team playing their first two games at home? I really think it's um, huge. I really think that in Washington, um, we all know the struggles they've had in the past, uh, off the field issues. But I, I think they're turning a new chapter, the front office, and everybody's gearing um, sort of like their decision making to involve the fans. And I feel like it's huge for the first two games to be at home. It's going to be a first off home field advantage. And if all of these fans that I'm seeing all over social media are getting hyped and excited to go back to FedEx field and watch their favorite team in the Washington football team play, I feel like that could be huge. If Washington Washington can take home uh, take w's in those first two games and pack the stands at fedex field because uh, the what washington has done last season all the change they have made i feel like fans are getting behind washington once again and it, it could be a huge a momentum booster for the washington football team it certainly can especially because but you know, as far as Washington goes, there's certainly the situation with the quarterback because Alex Smith announced his retirement, and of course uh, the Dwayne Haskins uh, thing. Well, that ultimately well came <laughs> to an end. But it, and and we spoke about this before the fact that Dwayne Haskins, you know, the bust, how he he was he's an NFL bust. You know, wa- Giants fans were pissed off for so long that the Giants took uh, Daniel Jones instead of him. But now I'm sure that the Giants fans are like, well. They certainly don't feel the same way they did, but but I, I think as far as the quarterback position goes, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't he isn't he the guy who's likely to be the starter? I think he is likely as of now. I'm not hearing anything from any of my sources whatsoever, but um, I I mean I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Allen is healthy if he takes some snaps. There could be a quarterback competition. I think Coach Rivera will have a quarterback competition, unlike he did last year, and that turned into the Dwayne Haskins debacle. So, I mean, I feel like I feel like the top two would be Fitzpatrick and Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke. He's good in everything, but I I think he needs to learn a little bit more in order for him to know the system well and everything if you know what i mean absolutely josh and this is why i love having you on the show because your football knowledge is just so deep so i mean you know the sport well so that's why it's such an honor to have you on but and you know and going with the cowboys you know it's it's just so hard you know it's just we're talking about doing something different i mean i don't want to go game by game by game saying like that but um but after that, you know, after the bye week, you know, going up against, uh, going up up to Minnesota to take on the Vikings before playing Denver and Atlanta on the road. I mean, uh, excuse me, Denver and Atlanta at home. The schedule just looks like you know it could be exciting, and you know there's like exciting games like 
like some fans will feel like, well, we can definitely win this one, but the Cowboys have shown they lose games they're supposed to win, and then they end up winning the games they're supposed to lose. I mean, that's that's the Cowboys in a nutshell. They're they're just so that badly unpredictable. But but there's three games. Looking at the schedule, well, you know what? I think I should say there's probably f- at least four games I know the Cowboys are not going to win. I think well, obviously against Tampa. I mean, but like you said, if if Dak Prescott, you know. Is great, is healthy, and you know, and, and somehow pulls off that miracle. Then, th- th- like you said, that that's going to be a story. But so I'm going to narrow it down to th- the three. So I I know the the game against Arizona, which is the second to last game. Kyle um, Kyler Murray, who's already seven and zero, seven and zero at AT and T Stadium, going back to his high school days. So that's one game I know the Cowboys are not going to win. The other one is New Orleans because that's on the road, and then the Cowboys don't really do well against the Saints on the road. And of course, against the Patriots on the road. So that's three. So th- those are three games I know the Cowboys can't win. So, I mean, a lot of fans are probably you know hating me for this because you know they know the kind of fan I am. I'm, I'm not afraid to you know to unleash a hell amount of a criticism on the team. I mean, you've been on the show to where I actually went on a tirade of criticism. So, but I'm like I'm like guys, you know, the criticism is there, and you know, I just tell it like it is. I mean, that's my job. But, but, but going through this, you know, playing. Las Vegas on Thanksgiving. I mean, that's actually a game I'm actually going to try to go to. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to have second thoughts. Like, maybe I should be at home with a family on Thanksgiving. Maybe I shouldn't do this, but... Well, there's a lot of games to choose from, but... I just, I'm, I'm just amazed, you know, again, like, we spoke about this earlier, how Dallas has to play Washington both games in December, and December is usually the crucial month for my Cowboys, but... Now, looking at the schedule, playing... Right now, I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be a seven or nine finish for Dallas because I'm not so hyped on, on on the future because, like I said, they're that unpredictable. But if Dallas has a average to above average defense and that can be pretty solid, especially with the defensive line, if the Cowboys defense, especially the defensive line, is so good with the quarterback sacks, that's certainly gonna be a, a big help. And if the defense can force turnovers and can actually be better on the secondary. A ten and six record is certainly possible, but but right now I don't I don't see Dallas winning the NFC East realistically. Yeah, re- realistically for the Washington Football Team, I, I I'm not sure if they will have what it takes to go back to back division champions. It would be nice, but I really feel like the Giants are going to make a bunch of hay this year. And make it to the top. I really feel like uh, I, I really feel like the Giants are slowly but surely improving, and they're going to make a statement in the NFC East this year. That that that's just my thoughts and very early predictions. I really feel like the Giants are actually going to win the NFC East because they did some free they did some moves in free agency, and they mm-hmm. did and they did have a decent draft. But with the D, with the Cowboys, you know, Micah Parsons, I mean, if this dude's able to wreak havoc, like, because they say that he's really good with a pass rush. And the need of a pass rusher is what the Cowboys have been working on for the past 15 years. Uh-huh. They have not had a yep. pass. I mean, well, okay, maybe not that long. I mean, they did have a good pass rusher in DeMarcus Ware, especially when he was in his prime. But, but DeMarcus Ware could not do it by himself. I mean, the Cowboys have several guys. I mean, especially the defensive, uh, the defensive end they got out of UCLA, whose name is very hard to pronounce. Who's actually? I did the research. I did, and I said this on my show. He's a three-time state wrestling uh, champion, which is really cool. I mean, three times. So, so that means he's a tough dude, and he's good with the pass rusher. So, if there's two pass rushers working together, 
That doubles the effort, and, that, and the Cowboys could use that. Now, if there's a third guy yeah. that's also good, I mean, you know, the more you have on the pass rush, the better. I mean, one guy can't do it by himself. And we said this, like, if Micah Parsons is great, but the entire defense is still disastrous, I mean, it's it's one guy, and one guy can't do it by himself, Josh. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. I, I you, you hit the nail on the head. Again, I that's a really great statement right there, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, the the, the defense for the for the Cowboys defense has been the problem for so freaking long. Because you know, there's the saying, "Defense wins championships," and the Cowboys haven't had a good defense in, in God knows how long. I mean, there's good names out there. I mean, you know, uh, Trayvon Diggs, who's Stephon Diggs' brother, the he was the cornerback out of Alabama. People are not giving him the credit he deserves. I get it. Last year he was hurt, and obviously he got burned too, but, you know, he was a rookie, and he was actually intercepting passes. He was actually playing great. So, so I'm excited about this guy. And the guy we took in the first round, of course, Micah Parsons. I mean, everybody, you know, remember I said how people are too busy fo- focusing on the negatives from the past? Like, everybody's saying Parsons is a bad pick because he allegedly hazed somebody. Like, I'm like, okay, fine, I get it. What he did was bad, but... It was a long time ago. I mean, I'm sure that Micah Parsons is not the same guy he was at the age of 18. I mean, I know I I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm I mean, I was I'm not as I'm not the same guy I was when I was 18. I mean, I was not as mature as I am today. I wasn't as hardworking. But the bottom line is, is just we gotta worry about the future, not the past. I mean, Parsons has potential, and you know he could he could force turnovers too. So that's something huge. And of and of course there was that dude uh, the. Th- the third guy that they got in the third round, out of Oregon State, everybody was already. Everybody was just, you know, it, it's just so difficult. All the disgusting things. I mean, it, it's just amazing how disgusting pe- people can be on Twitter. I mean, I would always say you do know that once that stuff you tweet, you do know that it's there forever. Like it's even if you delete it, it's still there. But anyway, what bothers me, Josh, is people were judging the book by the cover. They're already saying, you know, he's not going to make the team. He's not good enough. I mean, he, it's because of his size. I'm like. Just wait and see. Give the guy a chance to prove himself. You know, that's the problem. Why? Why are we so judgmental at, at, at so early? Why don't we just wait and see what the man's got? I mean, you you never know if you draft a dud or you draft the next the next Hall of Famer. You can't really make any assumptions until they step onto the field. I I, I want to sort of relate this to um, Washington's first round pick and Jameen Davis, the linebacker from. Kentucky, I didn't feel like that was Washington's top pick they could get, but they got him. I, I've i never heard a thing about him, but I heard he was pretty good back in the day. So, I mean, who knows if that translates into being a dud or being a future Hall of Famer, you know? Exactly. There's also the offensive line that Dallas got out of uh, Marshall University, I uh, forgot uh, the dude's name's not on the top of my head, but you know, and I did my research on the guy. So, and obviously the, now the dude does definitely has a pat has a past. Uh, apparently for uh, oh yeah, Josh Ball's the dude's name. He start who started his career at Florida State, and uh, there was all these uh, an incident about him about dating violence. And like, look, you know. I don't know what the current situation is as far as that goes. I mean, he was kicked off the team in Florida State. He went to a community college for a year. Then he then he enrolled at Marshall. So, look, and like I said, I don't know the current situation. I mean, I, I'm not saying that we should forget about what he did. I'm like, yeah, he did what he did, and if 
and if he hasn't been punished for it yet, then if he has to be punished for it in the future, then so be it. He's got to learn his lesson. But the fact that the, we, there's not been anything related to it so much since then, I mean, I, I'm guessing the whole thing got resolved. And and I even explained this. Like, and if this whole thing's resolved, Josh Ball knows he can't mess up again, especially the fact that in, in, in his record, there is dating violence on, on that record. He knows that there's no more screw-ups. So, and, and I understand that people aren't happy that we took a guy who, you know... Again, dating violence, but 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 again, my point, like, let's not jump on it too deep. Like, we don't know too much. I mean, just because the internet posts it doesn't mean it's it's entirely true. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, exactly two uh, seasons at Florida State. Okay, another single was a domestic. I mean, okay, well, whatever it was, it was obviously it, it involved the girlfriend, so. That's where we'll leave it, but but then again, I, I like to remind Cowboys Nation. Well, we have a history of drafting dudes who have been in trouble, right? It's it, it, it's like the the reaction. It's like it's something new, like Alden Smith, Alden well, Alden Smith, Michael Irvin, just name a few, uh, like that exactly. I mean, the Cowboys have a history of bringing of bringing dudes you know who've been in trouble before. So I mean, it's nothing new, but. I mean, if this whole thing's in the past, then let it be in the past. And if he still has to go to court and deal with it, well, that's Josh Ball's business, and let's stay out of his business. Yeah, if he if he can keep his nose out of trouble and play good football to the Dallas Cowboys' liking, I mean, what what else can you ask for? Exactly. You know? And, of course, some people are wondering, what does this pertain to the schedule? Michael? Like, it's because, like Josh said, the Cowboys did address what was needed. And, and, and I'm glad, yeah, you, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of fans wanted Kyle, want us to draft Kyle Pitts. I'm like, we don't need a tight end, guys. Come on. Yeah, da- da- Dallas was right not drafting Kyle Pitts. I mean, I tell you, if we had drafted Kyle Pitts, I would have been upset. I would have too if you. Uh, I was a Cowboys fan because Dallas needed help so many other places, and if they were to just go out and draft a tight end, y- yeah, I, I I would imagine a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans would be rioting over that pick if they picked Kyle Pitts. I mean, it's it, it's like that time back in 2014 when. There was all that hype about Johnny Manziel being drafted, and I, and I told my friend like, if we take Johnny Manziel, that is a waste of a first round pick. Yeah, but thankfully it, it didn't happen. But the, the, my final thoughts on the Cowboys' schedule before we we go and finish out the Washington one is the schedule looks very interesting. Certainly a lot of exciting games, but r- right now I'm I'm at seven and nine, and and I can't change my mind because. I always, I always feel like the process goes like this. There's the pre-prediction, like before the season starts, and then you see how well go, things go through uh, the offseason, including training camp, and then things might actually change. But I think my next step is my prediction might change after the, after the first, at least the first two games. Like if Dallas is somehow 2-0, big wins on the road, especially against the defending Super Bowl champions, then that's definitely going to change. But that, could, but that could change after that. That could change three more games after that. I mean, it's hard to make a solid prediction, especially at this time. But, but I think any time before the season, it's hard to make a solid prediction, and it's almost impossible to stick with that prediction. Yeah. So uh, my prediction, once again, um, 
it's early, so this is my super early prediction. I think Washington will have between nine to eleven wins. Okay. I feel like I feel like this is the year that Washington can have nine to eleven wins, depending on how competitive the NFC East is this year. Um, nine wins might put them in the playoffs. Nine wins might like get them out of the playoffs. You know, like it, they might just miss the playoffs. I feel like it's going to be a tight race in. Uh, I I mean I wouldn't rule it out that Washington could get eight wins, but I think between nine to eleven wins is a safe estimate for me at this time for my early early prediction after taking a look at Washington's schedule. But once again, whoever put Washington's schedule together, I don't understand why they put. Five back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back division games at the end of the season. And I really really understand how angry you are about this because, I mean, again, like, you know, (laughs) you you, you couldn't have said it better yourself. Who puts five division games in the last five games of the freaking season? I don't know. I I really don't. I'm not really upset. I'm more like, frustrated that I mean it could have gone like spread out more you you know like I I don't understand it's a division I feel like division games should be spread out evenly throughout the NFL schedule that that's just my thought on it but I guess they're working through stuff because they're adding another regular season game only three preseason games this year so who knows well, you know, as I'm reading, of course, uh, ESPN, of course, not long after the schedules were released, they all, they all sent out these uh, bold predictions. But, uh, you know, for me, I'm sticking with my early one right now. I'm going 7-9, and nine, but it could change for the better. It's more than likely to change for the worse, but... Uh, yeah, I, I just, but yeah, I, I'm going to be firm with the fact that Cowboys aren't winning the NFC East. Yeah, I, I really feel like the Giants are going to take it, as I mentioned earlier. Um, I think the Giants are trending in the right direction, and I really feel like they have a good shot of winning it this year. And check this out. The strength of the Cowboys, the, the schedule for the Cowboys is 31st. Yeah, and what's the strength for Washington? They won the division. So Washington gets a first-place schedule. Depending on what, I forget what place Dallas came in, that's the strength of schedule. If you win the division, you're getting a first-place schedule. If you win the Super Bowl, you're getting the hardest schedule. That That's pretty much how the NFL ranks the scheduling. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question, it says it's the strength of the schedule for the Washington football team is tied at fifteenth. Huh. Okay, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I could assume that. Yeah, but I refuse to accept the fact that the that, that people are saying that the Cowboys' schedule is easy. I mean, keep in mind there is no such thing as an easy schedule, especially in the case of the Cowboys, because we know how they are. They lose the games that they're supposed to win, and and, and we know that cycle. 
But, you know, this is the Cowboys, who had the worst defense last year. You know, our top guy, our top defensive lineman, Demarcus Lawrence, who has an expensive contract, only had six sacks. That is totally unacceptable. I mean, our defense was just... It's, it, I mean, it's hard to even think about, but... Mm-hmm. But even if the schedule on paper is easy, I mean, I don't buy that. I mean, you should never buy when somebody says a schedule is easy. I mean, a schedule is never easy. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I mean, come on. It's like saying that there's a that there's an easy schedule for a football team. It's like going out and saying there's an easy occupation out there for anybody. I mean, there's no such thing as an easy <laughs> occupation. There's no such thing as an easy game in any sport. All all games must be taken seriously. I mean, when you go to school and you and you, you want to go on a program to study for what you want to get your degree in, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, of course. And, and let me take it further. I mean, somebody's saying that, that that an NFL schedule is easy. That's like going up to a sports writer and telling me writing an article is easy. I mean, that is an insult. That's a slap to the face because there's been times where I'm up all night gathering research for just one article. I mean, I've been up all night gathering research and notes for for all my shows. I mean, it's a tough life. I mean. The bottom line is, even in football, nothing's easy. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the National Football League. That's why there's a draft. Some people make it big, some people don't. That's how I look at things. I mean, I even look at it further. Like, even the first-round picks have to compete for their job. I mean, oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah, believe yeah, it or absolutely. not, even uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to compete for his job. I mean, I mean, I know he'll win it, but I'm, I know that he and Gardner Minshew are still going to compete. Uh, of course. I mean, let's not forget. Remember when Jared Goff was drafted by the Rams, and he he didn't even win the starting job in in that his first year. He lost he lost it to I think it was Case Keenum. Oh wow! Yeah. I forgot about that one. Case Keenum on the Rams. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know that my. Friend uh, Darnell, the playmaker Solans, who's a huge uh, supporter of the Los Angeles Rams, I'm sure you know when I speak about that. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure you know his, he shakes his head. I mean, it's not because I brought up a bad memory, but bring up the fact that the first round pick didn't 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 get the job. I'm like, well, it didn't really matter except to that. The, the next two years, Jared Goff had some great years, but but then after that Super Bowl, the Rams, in my opinion, made a huge mistake dumping the dumping a huge pile of money on the guy. Yep, yeah, I I agree with that, and um, they they just traded golf away to the Ram, excuse me, the Lions and Matt Stafford to the Rams. So that's going to be very interesting to watch as well. Hey, and don't forget, can I just bring this up about the schedule? Tom Brady returning to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots, Week Four on Sunday night. I'm definitely tuning into that game. Absolutely. You who know, wouldn't? Who would exactly? Well, that's the million dollar question. But now, before now, as we wrap up, let's look at the most interesting games for both your Washington football team and my Cowboys. But we'll go and start out with your team. Well, I guess one of them is the rematch from the wild card, uh, November fourteenth, when you guys have to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. That, that's certainly yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think uh Washington will win that game. Tom Brady's there. Antonio Brown just got reassigned. Gronkowski's there. That's one game in my book that I have them taking a loss at. Okay. I mean 
the, the... It would be nice to get revenge, but I highly doubt it. I can't say that any of the games against Dallas are interesting because we don't we, we don't know what they're going to be meaning, what the meaning of those games will be. I mean, they're both in December. A playoff spot could be on the line, but but we don't know yet. The game I'm looking out for for Washington uh, is the Washington versus Carolina game again. Ron Rivera going back down to Carolina. And after last year, Dwayne Haskins threw like three picks against Carolina, blowing their opportunity to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, So uh, I feel like Washington is going to get revenge on the Panthers in that game. It's it can certainly happen, and you know it's gonna be interesting. It's, it's I mean it's really interesting. You know we'll see if Sam Darnold can actually turn things around with the Carolina Panthers. Because I said to myself, in Sam Darnold's case, that this is the chance to prove that the Jets have been misusing him. Because if he's not doing well with the Panthers, then he's just flat out a bust. Uh huh. Absolutely. Now, as far as the Cowboys go, I mean there's several interesting games. Of, of course, there's Week One, but then there's um. Game at home against Denver. I mean, for some reason that that's pretty interesting. Of course, there's Thanksgiving against the Raiders, but uh, but as I'm looking, I mean, it's just like you know, another year, another schedule where there's games that we can certainly win. There's games we're definitely gonna lose. There's not a game that I really feel like oh we're definitely gonna beat them. You know, that's the Cowboys. So what do you expect? But. As I'm looking at I guess the game I'm excited for right now is certainly week one. I mean, we're playing the defending Super Bowl champions, and and it's not the first time the Cowboys have actually had to play the opening the, the opening game against the Super Bowl champions. They they did it eight uh, nine years ago against the New York Giants, and they and they won. So I mean, I don't think I don't think fate is going to repeat itself, especially with the Bucks. But uh, but yeah, I mean, the schedule looks fun, but. Yeah, I'm still I'm I'm sticking my guns. Cowboys are probably gonna miss the playoffs, unfortunately. We'll just have to wait and see it. Uh, but this is just some of the hype, building up the suspense until the NFL is back once again. Yes, it is, and I'm really hoping that the teams can have their mini camps, you know, the regular off season workouts without any drama. I'm really hoping that. That training camp goes a tra- traditional way. Like, if the Cowboys can go to California and have their training camp, that is big because, you know, I mean, I don't know why, but it really benefits the team. I mean, I know it's it's probably just that beautiful Southern California weather, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, I just hope there's no drama this offseason. And as far as preseason goes, I mean, you know, and speaking of preseason, a lot of people just don't understand how important it is. I mean, I get it. The preseason's not as cool. I mean, you see all the third-string guys in, but... But believe me, this is how the 53-man rosters are made. I mean, obviously training camp too, but but the preseason, I mean, you, you see a dude, you know, a third-string dude you've never even heard of, and then he makes he makes like 10 huge plays. If you, you're, if you see that, you're going to tell yourself, this guy better be on the team. Well, let me tell you this about the preseason. Three games are better than four games. Four games in the preseason was overkill. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was um, known a while back, and that's why this schedule change is happening yeah, as of this yeah. year. Yeah, you're, I, I think you're right. I mean, the first two games of the preseason are definitely exciting. The third one's kind of like, nah, Because, uh, again, you, you're, you're looking at the third and, four, and fourth string guys, but, 
Yeah, as far as the preseason goes, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott is probably gonna play a couple of a couple of the opening snaps, but uh, I mean, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, I, I just know as far as the preseason goes, um, the uh, August fifth, the Cowboys will play the Steelers in the Hall of Fame game, which is to make up for last year. But uh, that game, I'm probably gonna. Wa- I'll probably watch a bit of it, but then I'll probably get bored. Heck, Dwayne Haskins might be playing for the Steelers. Throwing five picks. <laughs> well, it's, it's a Hall of Fame. It's all a fame game. I don't think he will. I mean, I don't think he'll throw five picks, but uh, I'm I'm sure that you know he even he has to compete for his spot. I mean, I know the deal he's on. None, none of it's guaranteed. He's gonna have to prove himself. Absolutely, hundred and ten percent. All right. And and if he does not keep his act straight in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, with no hesitation, will throw him to the sidewalk. I guarantee it. I mean, I know, and the same thing goes for Dwayne Haskins. No more screwing up. I mean, well, you know, yeah. You know, refresh my memory. What was it that he did that got him cut? Like, didn't he like he like he went to a strip club, I think, and didn't wear a mask? Yeah, he wasn't wearing a mask. It was during the pandemic. They lost to the Seattle Seahawks twenty to fifteen, and he was caught partying, and. It, this whole scene about it was on um, on DC radio the next day and everything, and he gets uh, fined and then bumped down to third string after. Uh, I mean, they were kind of forced in the quarterback situation to play him against Carolina. And then, so they did that, which... I mean, they had no choice. Then they bumped him to third string after the Carolina loss, and then they released him. Yeah. Well, they did what what they had to do. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. The Kirby on Sports Podcast, also available to you on all streaming platforms. So please, loyal listeners of Cowboys Talk, Please subscribe to the Kirby on Sports Podcast and be sure to check out my new show, Wrestling with a Bear, a professional wrestling podcast done the way it should be with a sports writer, me, and a professional wrestler in Chris Rex. No more BS, guys. Wrestling being taken very seriously. Josh, thank you so much for joining me and I cannot wait to have you back on. Alex, it's always a pleasure uh, coming on to... Uh, chop it up with you on the Bear of Texas podcast and hopefully things are trending in the right direction and we can get back to normal really soon and start going to a lot of sporting events. I hope so and well Cowboy AT&T Stadium plans on being open 100% so uh, we're definitely getting somewhere but I just hope this whole thing ends soon we can go back to our good lives. Josh I will see you next time and folks y'all have a good night.